same studio The real, not a movie role Or whack MC talking out his booty hole City is haunted, mannerisms is hideous Not that pretty shit, my visions will blow up the TV sets Mike's on a grip, come equipped with explosive tips Damnation ensues once his verse leaves my lips Now let's marvel at these MCs, banging out hits Vajra symbol in the air into the insidious six Scratch attacks going out of flurry of fists Knocking cats on their backs like a barrage of hurricane hits Master these techniques, written in the scripts Don't worry, I promise, I'll make it painless and quick Calling your senses with mysterious defenses Make you lose your mind and escape to alternate dimensions It's Dr. Octavius making his grand entrance Scaling building walls, ripping through electric fences Blowing up tracks with electrostatic energy When the pen hits, can't fathom this force's power We still end this Look out, that wet breeze about to foil our plans Just let him try to stop the schemes in this maniacal plan I'm not sure how to introduce that song. I have actually completely forgotten the name. I'm so sorry, guys. South Primordial MC. South Primordial Hand Solo MC. Records. And uh, that was, uh, Aiden, we started with uh, track six, I think you asked for, and then we worked our way through six, seven, eight, nine yeah. of the different records that you pulled. So I believe that was track nine. That was track nine. Uh, so that's uh, Ontario Rap Act, and there's a whole host of guests on that particular track. Um I think if you, I, I can't think of them offhand. So that featured Conspiracy, White Fang, Jesse Dangerously, Chief Foresight, that's four, number four, S-Y-T-E, and Iron Wind. There you go. So a, a whole host of folks. Uh, before that, from the Netherlands, Kratos himself with For You, off of a, a new album that uh, Kratos just dropped on Bandcamp on Friday. Uh, that one, brand, brand new. And uh, that's the whole purpose of Cellophane Radio. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. Uh, next week when you hear it, it'll be something completely different. Other new stuff. Uh, on behalf of Alexa and Aiden, Alexis and Aiden, thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Stick and around for Winnipeg Music Project. This has been 101.5 UMFM. Have fun. Bring your questions to the Answers Information Booth on the first floor of University Center. Answers sells post-secondary and other bus passes and is the place to get tickets from Ticketmaster or for campus social events. Not to mention campus maps, exam schedules, free phones, and campus information. Answers Info Booth is open Monday to Thursday, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. The Times Changed High and Lonesome Club are proud to present the new Lightweights on Wednesday, December 21st. With secret weapon aerial posts and back in the fold over the holiday season, the new Lightweights are sure to create a sound that is soulful and fresh, bringing together their love and knowledge of folk, pop, and soul music and turn it into something captivating for the ears and the heart. Tickets are only $10 and the show starts at 8pm. Come out and see the new Lightweights on December 21st at The Times Changed. Proudly supported by 101.5 UMFM. Where does your food come from? If your answer was the grocery store, you are probably paying too much and missing out on the excitement of local food systems. The U of M's Building a Commons course, in partnership with Sustainable South Osborne Community Co-op and with the stewardship of UMSU Campus Gardens, is introducing a permaculture commons to the Fort Garry campus. Students are invited to become a commoner, hands-on gardening and enjoying the atmosphere. It is for you, but we can't do it without you. A permaculture commons relies on its volunteers and stewards to remain sustainable. 
contact Ansu Campus Garden for information like where to find the garden and how to get involved. This is Casey from Elliot Brood. You're listening to CJUM 101.5 FM in Winnipeg, home of the mighty, mighty weaker thens. off and come in make yourself feel at home maybe sit down and read a book do whatever you want cause I'm your friend cause I'm your friend maybe walk up the stairs I painted the walls again I know you're not a fan of white So I painted something not so bright Cause you're my friend Cause I'm your friend Maybe have a drink or two Know that it's there for me and you Life can be hell But I'm your friend When I think of you and me We can be oh so silly Living in and out of our dreams It's hard to live when we're so busy I'm your friend But I'm your friend Listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. Uh, we are live today here at the UMF- UMFM station. Today I am here with Aiden Ritchie. Hello, Aiden, are you there? 
I am here, yeah. Hi, Aiden. Um, we're doing a, a phone interview, which is really exciting. Thank you so much for uh, letting me call you and talk to you for an hour about your music. Thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> Great. So for people who, uh, we, we just heard your song, I'm Your Friend. Um, yeah. Could you describe your music to the listeners? Like, what, what, what kind of music do you make? Um, the best way, I guess, uh, to describe it is it ranges from, you know, warm little teddy bears into um, scary grizzly bears, I guess you could say. So it goes from granola indie stuff I've written into kind of more raw prairie uh, rock and roll. Okay. Um, why did you decide to do such a wide range of styles? Well, uh, the song we just heard was um, I'm Your Friend, uh, and that was recorded with uh, Mowgli and the Woodland Creatures. Mm -hmm. and, uh, the Woodland Creatures are now the Grey Jays. Um, and we had a bunch of different kind of um, images when we were playing and because uh, you know we would go busking at the BDI and uh, you know we would have like really nice stuff that we'd be playing to um, to welcome you know people families dates that are coming to get ice cream and enjoy themselves mm -hmm. and then after nine o'clock you know after we we were done entertaining everybody kind of we would let loose and start playing more rock and roll. So that's kind of how a lot of my songwriting styles came about. It was from the bridge, uh, just uh, near Jubilee. Mm -hmm. That's really yeah. interesting. I like that. That's cool. Um, so how did you get involved in music? How did this all start? Ooh. Well, um, um, my, my mother sang with the opera for about 38 years. He's gonna kill me for saying that. But, uh, <laughs> so I, I'm, you know, classically trained as a, as an actor and a, and a singer, um, and I've been kind of a stage brat ever since I was a kid. I was on stage with Manitoba for the first time I think when I was seven, and then um, my brothers used to hang out a lot with uh, Mahogany Frog back in the day in the, uh, in the early 2000s. Okay. And, um, you know, seeing them uh, just graduating from high school and seeing them at Loft concerts and stuff really inspired me to be, you know, an artist and uh, to express myself more in the form of storytelling and stuff like that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's, there's a bit of my story there for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah. you, you heard them and you immediately thought you wanted to write your own music or did you like, I just need to be on stage performing music, whether it's like... Yeah, it was more of like a very ad and kind of like, man, I just want to do rock and roll and play bass, you know, in my brother's band and <laughs> open for Mahogany Frog and just, you know, wear tight jeans and a plaid shirt and get sweaty on stage, <laughs> kind of play prog rock, you know. Yeah. So that that's kind of, you know, what really really moved me into wanting to be an active performer in the community um and then uh you know seeing my grandparents kind of fade away also made me ask myself what i wanted to do in life mm -hmm. so. okay um mm -hmm. you said so you said you were classically trained in, in what instruments in voice and voice in okay voice. and yeah. as do you, do you play any other instruments 
Oh yeah, like I, I do play guitar, ukulele, bass. Um, I used to play trombone. Mm-hmm. You know, I dabble in, in other horns and then piano and stuff like that. Um, don't get me wrong, the the music you know you hear that's 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 my rock and roll voice. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I you know I play twelve twelve string guitar, mandolin. Um, you know, I've dicked around on the banjo and the fiddle. You know, it's kind of okay. Yeah. So we can say you're a multi instrumentalist at best. Yeah. Um, yeah. How has your classical training influenced um, your songwriting? Well, growing up with Puccini and Verdi, um, you know, Mozart and all that stuff, uh, definitely gave me a vision to how to structure a song. Um, luckily, you know, um, I didn't go to school for this stuff, like, to get a degree, so I didn't have it drilled into me, which I find can kind of destroy people's um inspiration and passion to see that you didn't go to school for it uh like i didn't go to an institution i trained with you know great doll uh who's an opera uh, singer Mm -hmm. uh, traveling the world with spencer duncanson who's artistic director of little opera company okay i i am trained i just i haven't gone to an institution that's that's what i mean so like i'm classically trained but i didn't go to an institution get a degree gotcha There's no nothing wrong with that. Whatever works for your artistic um, motivation, I guess is that the way to say that. I don't know. Um, well, whatever works. For you. <laughs> exactly, that's a better way to say it. Um, so, how are you involved in the Winnipeg music community right now, at this present time? Like, what are, are you in certain bands? Are you just doing a solo project right now? Like, we had talked a little bit about it before the interview, but maybe just so everyone who's listening knows. Right. Well. Um you know, I, I've only played a handful of shows this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a couple gigs at Mona Lisa's, and uh, you know, of course, at the Cavern and uh, a few other places. A couple house concerts, and uh, I've been working more as an actor uh, and a filmmaker recently. So um, I put a lot of my, you know, musical rock and roll performance is on hold. Uh, I did sing at New Year's Eve at the McPhillip Street Station uh, a year ago, mm-hmm. um, which I did a lot of, you know, more crooner, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Bing Crosby tunes. Okay. Um, so that's that's what I've been up to recently. Um, I've, you know, for performance-wise, I've got a show with uh, at uh, Miss Lonely Hearts' Christmas party, um, which I'm singing with uh, my sister mm-hmm. and other than that I've just I've been working on a musical I wrote and I shot and then uh, two uh, operas that a friend of mine has written and he just uh, had the world premiere of one of them with Little Opera Company and uh, I uh, did some of the set design on that so that, that's how I'm involved with the music mm-hmm. music industry right now. That's really interesting. Um, like to like say that you can that you've written a musical and you've worked on operas. Why did you decide to jump into such a huge project? I can't imagine that being very easy to get done very quickly. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that <laughs> um, kind of just, in my opinion, just gets planted in your head. Okay. Your being, and then you just give her. 
um, and then you just keep on giving her until you get it done. Um, I hadn't really ever planned on any of this stuff. Like I, um, I, I wanted to be a bass player, you know, as yeah. I said before, and um, things and relationships kind of put me in the role as being a front man or a singer or as, you know, more of a, a um, character, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. on stage. Um, so it wasn't planned. Like, I didn't ever plan on, on you know, I sang backup for Heart a couple years ago. Like, I never planned on singing backup for Heart. It just happened. A friend of mine's a conductor, um, and he got a call to get a bunch of singers together to sing backup for Heart, and I was one of the voices, and I did it. I had never thought about it. It just kind of happened. Um, mind you, I don't think I would have been ready for it if I hadn't continued to practice and train and be committed to the different crafts that I guess I've been mm-hmm. given. Yeah. No, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I'm still really interested with this whole musical thing. What is this musical about? Are you still working on it right now? Or? Yeah. Okay. So we shot it a year ago during Nuit Blanche. It's called Nuit Blanche, which means sleepless night. It's actually um, it's actually uh, originally from Russia. It began in St. Petersburg. And you know what Nuit Blanche is, right? Like the event that happens Nuit, here in Nuit Winnipeg? Nuit Blanche, pardon me. <laughs> like, like the event here in Winnipeg? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I've, I've gone a couple yeah. times. <laughs> So that began in Russia, and then it moved to France, and then it moved to Montreal, then Toronto, then Winnipeg. And um, I wrote a musical about a couple people and their experience during that night. Uh, Originally, I wanted to just shoot kind of a more realist kind of film where I'm just following two people that kind of meet kind of like Before Sunset, the Richard Linklater film. Um, But... I had a couple things that happened in my personal life that kind of led me to want to uh, write a musical, a musical about it. So it's it's a bit of a parody of of, of romantic comedies. It's a bit of a rock opera. Um, I had a lot of local artists and actors sing in it, um, and uh, you know Neil, my friend, who who uh, just had a, one of his operas premiered. This uh, summer, he helped arrange and and uh, sound engineer. So mm-hmm. um, it wasn't originally planned. I hadn't planned on t- making a musical. I just planned on making you know a really simple film where we just follow a couple people during the night, and then, like I said, a couple things in my life happened that uh, inspired led me you to want to sing about it. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah. and so you you filmed it. Is it is it? What is it called, actually? That's probably what I should ask. Can I ask it's what it's called? It's called Nuit, uh, Nuit oh, Blanche. That's right. You already said that. I'm sorry. I'm just so yeah. distracted. It's all good. Um, all and good, where can can, pe- can people watch it, or where can people find it? Well, the plan is, is that we're going to release a, um, a radio theater uh, recording of it uh, this winter. Ooh. So it'll just be an audio track, like, you know, like uh, Agatha Christie and old Coward used to have back in the days. Mm-hmm. And then um, we're going to continue to promote it, might workshop it at a couple different festivals. And then uh, I want, I would like to just premiere it, like, on the wall of, of say, the Winnipeg Art Gallery or, or you know, the contemporary uh, uh 
school of dance building, um, the Crocus building, pardon me, um, in the exchange on on the night, mm-hmm. on the sleepless night. Uh, so th- that is the plan that we have. Uh, it's it's just being mastered right now. It's just very close to being done. Mm-hmm. So that then I can go to distributors and uh, other producers and have these kinds of conversations with them. That's really exciting. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm totally just going to keep asking about this. I've never, I don't think I've really talked to anyone. That's okay. um, That's again, this right. is also promoting it, so it works really well for you. Um, how do you write music for that? Were you thinking of like a, a large orchestra, or were you thinking, like you said, uh, like a rock opera? So would it just be like a small band writing well, that music? So, or? Yeah, so what I did with this um, show uh, is I did basically jam it out with other musicians musicians that i've I've, that are friends that don't play anymore in the community right now Mm -hmm. uh with musician friends that do play like color by numbers i'm buddies with those guys and they recorded one of the the songs uh with me and they jammed it out uh neil also uh helped arrange some of it um but uh, this project, I, I, I jammed it out. Um, it wasn't a traditional kind of, I'm going to sit down on the computer with, uh, oh boy, forget the program's name, but uh, like I didn't arrange it the way that, say, Neil does with his operas, where he's got mm-hmm. you know track for the clarinet, and then the, I, I had artists come in. So it was a very collaborative kind of uh, process. Kind of project. And that's the way that I like to do things. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I can hear what I want in the song, and then sometimes I want to just play it, and then I kind of want to feel what you're feeling, um, because what you're feeling might be different from what I'm feeling, and I might learn something from you about the story that we're telling that I wasn't aware of before, mm-hmm. um, which I love, you know, collaborating, collaborating that way, and um, finding a finding arrangements and tunes, finding moments. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And how did that, uh, this musical process differ from these operas that you were working on? Well, the operas are Neil's, and uh, one is his and uh, another lady uh, from, and, and writer from uh, BC. Then the other is uh, a collab with Michael Cavanaugh, who's a, a world-renowned uh, opera director. He's opening a, a new production of Aida in Germany, which is where it uh, actually premiered 200 years ago. So that's really, really big. Oh, wow. Um, so they wrote an opera called Gisela in her bathtub. And, um, so you say that again? G- Gisela, Gisela in her bathtub. In her bathtub, okay. <laughs> yeah. And Flipside Opera uh, did a production of this uh, at the U of W. And uh, I was one of the producers uh, for recording it, um, along with Jared Adams from Color by Numbers, um, mm-hmm. because we both we both work in the film industry, um, so uh, that helps to make these things kind of happen. So I, I was more on the producer side, um, less of music music side, and mm-hmm. then. Um, Merry Christmas, Stephen Leacock, which Neil also wrote, was put on by Little Opera Company this December, and it was a world premiere. It was being um, reviewed on uh, in the magazine Opera Canada, 
and I did part of the set design as well as um, the uh, visual kind of uh, effects and memory videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, if you see if you see the opera, then you'll know what I'm talking about. So that's how I was involved. It wasn't the music side; it was just as as a, as a visual artist and I a see. storyteller, which is what I kind of call myself more so than I call myself an actor or poet or musician. I'm just a storyteller. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a great um, I don't know tagline, I guess. Um, so you're you're very involved in the music community. Like I, I know you're saying you you did more um, mm-hmm. set design and everything for the opera, but it's still involved with in, with music. Why yep. why did you decide that music was the way that you were going to go? Um, because it 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 keeps me. It, it's it's my purest form of expressing myself. Okay. When you're in a room full of hundreds of people and um, everybody's listening to you, everybody's looking at you and the room's quiet and you breathe in and everybody's breathing in with you and it's a very humbling gift to be given. Um, When I paint, I'm able to hide behind the canvas when I film, I'm able to hide behind the story that's being told. Um, but when I'm on stage and I'm singing, I can't hide behind anything. And it's just, it's just me and you, your ears, your heart, my voice, my fingers, and we experience truth together. Um, and sometimes it can be really really um scary too mm-hmm. uh, i know you know I've, I've played a couple crazy shows you know where you know we we did shine on when i was with mowgli and people were getting naked on the dance floor it was crazy <laughs> people were getting naked at shannon's when i played a show with color by numbers like it was really crazy and and it's fun but it's also like a rock and roll just this this weird spiritual experience that that can go anywhere and uh and um when singing opera it it also is this creepy spiritual experience because you you know there's there's no hiding behind anything You're, Mm. you're just you're letting loose you're you're um breathing in characters and then and forming stories with the audience and the, you know doing musical theater and it's it's like nothing else you know um it's like nothing else when you when you are in my opinion um performing music musically with people because like i said you're, you're sharing moments when i act we share moments too right but a lot of it is it, you know is um is kind of uh, pre-planned you know what I mean? In the script, I have to grab the gun and put it to my head. You know, I have to, we still find that moment, mm-hmm. but when you're jamming with somebody and, and say you're writing a new song, we, we don't know what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. And then we find out where, where we, oh, shit, we went to a C, right? And we're in the key of E. How did we, how did we do that? What does that mean? What does that do to us? 
where are we going to go from there? Um, so that, that's what really makes me kind of um, drool, <laughs> and, uh, drool over being a musician and performing and working as a musician too, mm-hmm. which is amazing. I sang a Neil Young song with Neil's Opera at Knox United a couple years ago, and uh, so I had a whole choir backing me, and then I had a band. Uh, Jason Tuesday was playing guitar, and his father, Percy Tuesday, used to be a country folk artist in Winnipeg. I had, um, I forget, uh, shoot her name, but she's a soul singer. She was playing tambourine, singing back up. I had, um, you know, Neil conducting. I had the whole band playing, and they were all, they were all backing me as I was singing this Neil Young song, Who's Gonna Stand Up and Save the Earth, at a church. Mm-hmm. And... It was in the morning-ish area, and, you know, we've all, I've done drugs, I'm not going to lie, stuff like that, but there isn't any drug, no drop of acid or mushrooms or XC or anything that could accumulate the high that I got when I was on stage performing that song. That's crazy. That's, yeah. I, can only, I can't even imagine what that would feel like. It's very tingling. You know what? You know, when your father or mother or your uncle or whoever had risen you, used to push you on the swing, and then they'd go and they give you the underduck, and you go so high, and your parent would run underneath you, and you'd get this mad rush of, of oxygen into your blood and veins because you've been going up and down, up and down, and now you go so high. Yeah. That's the feeling I find that I get when I'm performing. Or, or sh- you know, sharing moments with other artists on stage, mm-hmm. and I and I do pray that I have that you know on film too. I've been close, I've had moments, but I haven't had it the same way that I've had as, as a musician. That's crazy. That's a really interesting way to describe it. Like so many people can relate to that feeling of being like in that moment of just being like weightless. That's really, it's really exactly, good. and that's yeah. that's what you, that's what you're doing. I mean, I, you know, you're. Everybody's they're all watching you and waiting for you and wanting you to hit that note and to, to to meet them at this point of emotion where we all know that at some point um you know in miss you by uh rolling stones where we go to the f you know we're playing in in a minor and d minor and then we go to the F, and it's just like you're dropping, you're dropping down on your knees, and you're begging the girl to come back or begging the person to come back. And I, I haven't seen the Stones live yet, but I'd really love to because, you know, I see them more as a jam band, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're all anticipating that moment, but, but we find it, you know, together, I find. When, when we find it together, it's, it's, it's a mm-hmm. beautiful thing. Wow. That was great. Yeah. That was a wonderful tangent. I loved listening to you talk about that. That was that was beautiful. Uh, I hate to do this, but I just want to quickly segue from uh, the first song that we opened with, I'm Your Friend, the one that you had written with uh, Mowgli and the Woodland Creatures. Yep. What inspired you to write that song? Oh, well, um, when I was 19, I was at a house party with some friends. And a friend of mine got stabbed. There was a huge brawl. It was stupid. You know, just young kids and gangbangers and stuff. And 
he got stabbed and um you know it's kind of affected the whole our whole community friends and especially him and uh you know i just i kind of wrote it for him because i find as we get older we're all chasing our dreams and we all have responsibilities we all have to grow up and that song i wrote just as kind of a, a monument and a memoir to him to all friends to all to all people to family as we're all moving along in life and we feel like we're moving farther away um i i you know wrote that song to say to everybody hey you know you know you know life can be so silly when we're living in and out of our dreams it's hard to breathe when we're so busy um but it's all right because I'm, I'm your friend oh, shit, i totally just misquoted myself i did that well um <laughs> that's okay that that's what the it's a, you know and and like i recorded that with with finley allison who is with gray jays and holly stratton gray jays tyson ides who played the ukulele on it mm-hmm. um and uh you know they really found a beautiful arrangement to that song tyson did when he started playing it on ukulele and um they really captured that kind of kind of little um innocence of 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 loving each other and and wanting the best for each other and 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 wanting to remember each other through our lives and throughout eternity because love's a love's a thing mm-hmm. the vitamin that we all need to have and that song is about that it's 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 about reaching out to each other and i thought i thought i'd you know share it with you and whoever is listening because i think during these times of hate and confusion and turmoil and and um evils that it's something that people need to hear you know they need to hear that i'm your friend you know yeah and that uh that i'm i'm here for you just as much as i'm here for myself Mm-hmm. so that's so wonderful you're so good with words i'm so jealous yeah. um um, so I think we should take a little break right now just because we're halfway through the show. Uh, we're going to listen to the next song called Shane. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about it now or do you want to save it, your description and your feelings about it afterwards? Well, any of you young boys who are in high school or, you know, young and in their early 20s and stuff like that, and they're all wanting to pick up girls and yada, 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 I'd like you to take a listen to this song and the words about it because it's, it's it's uh it's meant for you guys to listen to and learn from oh okay so i'm excited to hear this so uh right now everyone who's listening you're listening to the winnipeg music project on 101.5 fm Uh, i'm ashley vanage and i'm here with aiden ritchie and we are going to be listening to shane walk away to you it's just a quick fix to hurt everything oh Shane please behave I know you want to scratch but you're all that she has now I'm not saying I'm the most kindest of guys 
I've left my fair share of hearts broken and in the end the only company I have is mine Listen what I'm saying That's wrong Oh shame Just walk away To you it's just a quick fix To her it's everything Oh shame Please behave I know you want to scratch But you're all that she has First time that I was in love Got greedy Sought to have more Not knowing It's not the amount of woman that you've had It's the amount that are still willing to hold your hand Trying to reach out Telling you to hold back Knowing But if you don't change your ways You'll find yourself all alone Oh, shame Just walk away To you it's just a quick fix To her it's everything Oh, shame Please behave Know you want a stretch But you're all that she has We're all creatures Searching for our place in the land But that don't mean we can go ahead And take advantage of each other Again and again Oh, shame Just walk away To you it's just a quick fix To her it's everything Oh, shame Please behave I know you want to scratch But you're all that she has You're all that she has Oh, shame Just walk away To you it's just a quick fix Hello everyone and welcome back to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Bignage. I am still here with Aiden Ritchie and we just finished listening to his song Shane. Are you still there, Aiden? Yep. Cool. So, um... I really enjoyed listening to that song. I think at all, all boys should hear it and take it <laughs> as um, words of wisdom. Uh, there you go. What inspired you to write that song? Oh, oh, you know. Just, just being a guy. That I, I, was, I was a character. <laughs> okay, so from personal experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Um, why did you decide to write this song? Why did you decide to make this something that you wanted to share with others? Uh, because because it, it made me move. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that it would move other people too. So 
that's you know why a lot of things I share are are out, out there and because I think it's you know, worth the time of the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, I have nothing. Let's just move on from that. So, um, I really wanted to ask you what you think an artist's role is in music and in the, especially in the Manitoba music community. Well, um, um, well, I mean, there's two kinds of artists. You know, I've been taught. Um, you have the artist that wants to share who's a member of society. Mm-hmm. And then you have the artist that just practices, and it's, that's their craft, and they practice it, but they don't share it with the community. Um, and both are fine. I'm sure there's other artists, styles of artists out there, but um, when you're an artist in the community, I think you really have to respect, respect the fact that you are there for us and not just for you. Um, so, you know, I've seen young artists, they start playing a show and then they stop halfway through and they're like, oh, I forgot to, I forgot to go to this note, you know? And then they're like, oh, what do we do? And we look at each other and like, you never do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like one thing that bothers me is when bands start playing a song and then one person starts playing it and then everybody starts playing along and then they stop and they're like, oh, wait, are we starting the song? Well, of course you started the song. Everybody's watching you and their ears are plugged in. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is a service. You're, you're, art, you're an artist and you're also providing a service, whether it's entertainment, education, um, or uh, I'm sure there's other reasons why, but those, you mm-hmm. know, those are the big, big uh, reasons I think why artists exist in the community um and uh you know in film we have two things we've got look and a feel as a film actor so i i look like i'm i'm a, a quarterback or running back because i got a you know high cheekbones and a, and a, and a chin and pretty eyes <laughs> but what i feel is i feel like i'm a uh, sorry, I'm using football terms. <laughs> yeah, like it's um, above my head. I don't know anymore. No, I'm just well, <laughs> I feel like I'm a defenseman in my heart. Even yeah. though I look like I'm a quarterback, I'm the guy who gets all the good. In my heart, I feel like I'm more of the kind of dark, mysterious guy who tackles the quarterback. Okay? Mm-hmm. okay. So in film, we have to balance these things. We have to balance the look and the feel. And in music or being an artist out there, uh, as a you know, a musical performer, um, some people kind of, they, they don't take that into consideration. Um, and a lot of artists, musicians go out there to just express themselves. And I respect that. But I, I think, though, that it's more about expressing what you believe is humanity and truth. And that's what I was taught as a, you know, a theater actor or a theater, you know, film actor is, is truth. We're, we're, we're exploiting truth to the community um, so that when we do certain things, when we act in a character, be a character, or sing a song, that this song is, what is this song? Well, it's a Mozart piece, it's a romantic. Why is it a romantic? Well, it's because it's in this key and it's this melody and because it makes you kind of just droop, you know, or, or um, Neptune Dorma, which is a Puccini, you know, like, you know, a lot of opera people know this song and it's about a man who's begging a woman 
to love him, and if she doesn't, he's going to kill himself. And in the beginning of the song, it's a crescendo up, and it's dragged out, and uh, it starts with a forte, or mezzo forte, which is kind of kind of loud, and then it comes back down to piano. So we're using tools to express a feeling. And why are we doing that? Because we are artists. We are here to exploit feelings of people. If I'm doing a scene and it's really sad, I'm going to be stronger in making you cry if I hold back my tears. Because I want you to cry. I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry because what human out there wants to cry? Michael Caine, that's a Michael Caine lesson that he put out there years ago. So I think in rock and roll, a lot of people kind of forget that. And they forget moments. You know, they get so wrapped up in expressing themselves about how they feel, but not enough about how they look. And that's not providing the service. In my opinion, this is just my opinion, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Take it for what it is. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, you're more likely to get people really turned on when you are aware of how you look or how you sound, not just about how you feel. Okay. So that's a really interesting concept. Like it, it, it seems very um, common sense almost, but you just got to be awakened to that idea that you need to perform in a way to get so almost get these emotions not even just expressing this raw emotion through song but performing it in a way that the listener can relate to it that's what i'm getting is that what, that's what you meant right yeah okay like <laughs> it's about expressing feelings of humanity and, and and yes as an artist we learn these things through life and we write songs or stories that we've been affected through emotionally so now we want to present that to the community because it, it's it's about a feeling you know um mm-hmm. it's uh it's about uh would it be a good example um you know uh oh shit pardon me um but it is it, it, it's a it's a it's about the experience it's about the experience and and i think some people for, forget that it's not just about you. It's it's about the person listening to you. It's about what they're getting out of that story, about that from that song, you know. And um, a lot of artists get by; they just express themselves, and that's what they do, and that's fine. It works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that's what's been working is the fact that I I can smell your soul, and I know what you're feeling. Like I know what makes you comfortable and what makes you safe. You know, it's more of the aspect of how comedians work they know what's going to make you they just pick up all of it they find this funny okay i'm going to make you laugh this way um that's that's how i have been getting gigs making a living as an artist um is by you know kind of um ringing out what what you want out of this um and uh it's worked for me so far i mean i'm still learning i'm still changing mm-hmm. i'm still to express myself more and be more real Um, because believe it or not it's actually more a classical 
singing opera music, that you have to be more of who you are because there's no restraints. You're opening up the, you know, all the air. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not holding back from your throat or your chest when you're singing jazz or rock and roll because when you do that, people feel restraint and they feel pain. And that's why, you know, a lot of people um, uh, relate that sounding voice, Alicia Keys, to rock and roll, to pain. You know what I mean? And then they hear um, Pavarotti and say, that's freedom, you know? That's true freedom. Because he's just opening up all the way, you know? He's not being held back and having to sing quietly like Muddy Waters and stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't know where where you want to go to some kind of rambling. <laughs> no, I, d- I think that's... I, I'm just... I'd like to hear you talk. Um, do you think like the opposite kind of point of view of like no this music is about me if people want to enjoy it, they need to respect me as a musician do you think that could still be effective yeah if you have money just money to uh front your, front your work first that's true i guess yeah um and that happens uh there's a lot of people out there who you know have radio hits because they had money to put it on the radio and um, in the world of advertising, if I tell you something's good, you're going to say it is. Uh, if, if we have enough signs, because our mind thinks, oh, yes, that's good, yes, that's good. I saw a sign, it says that's good, and, and then I saw on the newspaper, it says that's good. Oh, Rolling Stone says it's good. It's good, it has to be good, because everybody's saying it's good. Mm-hmm. But you don't question it, because our mind works that way. Um, in, my, in my school, mm-hmm. <laughs> the thought and train. Um, but if you don't have that money to front that advertising, then you're going out and you're busking, you're on the streets, you're playing a song, and you're going to be playing a, a Stones or John Lennon or Bob Dylan song, and you're going to be making it your own. Of course, you're still expressing yourself, but you're still communicating that tale and, 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 and creating an experience, an experience of entertainment. What's one part of entertainment is... is being educated about wh- how how to feel and why we feel in certain ways, and that's that's a role, that's a service as an artist, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not kind of canceling a tour because you feel sick. Yeah, that, um, and that that's just my 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 belief. You know? No, absolutely, and I think it's I, it is really important to hear your opinion on this, um, just because you you have been doing it, and maybe people who are listening who are still learning how to perform or maybe just starting to perform they need to hear this kind of stuff and it might maybe they may and if they should be thinking about it critically thinking oh i agree with this person or no i don't agree with this person and thinking why why do they disagree or agree um but for those people who are agreeing with what you're saying like yeah i need to think about my presence and i'm thinking about my audience what is some advice you can you can give to these uh, listeners and myself because i'm also really curious that can improve their their performance um, and have this kind of um, connection with their listeners? Well, I was told, you know, you have to breathe into your character. So a lot of it's in your breath. You know, even when you're painting, a lot of it's in your breath. If you're doing a stroke that's long, it's in your breath. If you're doing a stroke that's short, it's in your breath. Um, the interesting thing is that it's not that easy, though. 
um, because, uh, you know, it's one thing to say, oh, you know, you need to focus on your breathing, okay? And you need to breathe into your kit. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. You need to inhale, take a deep breath, inhale, and just like when you meditate, um, you close your eyes and you focus on your breathing. In, out, in, out. Um, all these epiphanies, these enlightenments that, that are being given to us uh, by possibly God, by the universe, by memories, whatever you want to call it, something's being given to you just because you're breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, and those truths, I believe, are truths, pure truths, um, are what's going to mold you into creating an environment experience so when you're breathing in part of you breathing in is also you're not making any sounds other than breathing in and what you're going to hear you might hear a guy coughing you might hear a woman shuffling you know a little bit in her seat you might hear a woman scratching herself licking her hair seeing them do all these things as you're taking a deep breath, and now you've taken the moment, and it's yours. It's completely yours, which is separate, though, from the character. Now we're doing the artist's role, and that's creating an experience. And um, I've found it very valuable to be able to take a deep breath and just listen and see the environment. And knowing that that moment for you to prepare yourself is part of your performance. It's part of the experience that you are granting the masses, the community. It's that breath, you know, because you're also honoring the fact that you've been given this opportunity to sing, uh, sing, say, fly me to the moon something like that. Mm-hmm. You're honoring the fact that the people, the community, have given you this responsibility. And um, a lot of people get wrapped up in the fact that you have an accompanist, and they're your accompanist, they're for you, you know? And that's wrong, in my opinion, you know? An accompanist is, you know, it's, it's been kind of a, a, a phrase that's been bastardized, and a lot of schools are saying, it's about you and your performance and stuff like that. It's like, well, it's about the performance. And the fact of the matter is, is if, if you want to rush through things and mess around with the piano player because you feel like going faster at this point, sure, do it. But at the end of the, end of the day, that's a human being, and we're at work, and you're rushing them through something mm-hmm. and making them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, as a piano um, major, I completely um, agree with what you're saying. <laughs> and that, and that's, that, though, because of certain industry types, um, doesn't exist because of hierarchy. And I'm <clears throat> like, this is very dangerous for me to say, but <laughs> that's the way that some business houses go about. They don't, they don't care about a company. They don't care about the grip. They don't care about the production assistant. They don't care about the stage manager, assistant stage manager. I mean, I, I was taught by Greg Dahl a lot about being a 
an artist and a performer. And this guy's being like, he's, you know, he's touring in Canada and the States as an opera singer, you know, he's opening operas, Michael Kavanaugh's, you know, reopening operas. These guys are guys that are mentors and friends of mine who are teaching me these kinds of things. And they are working. <laughs> That's true. And they're, they might not be quote unquote famous, but they have a wife, they have kids, and they're working. You know? They're successful. Uh, they're successful, exactly. Um, and uh, that's what I've been getting out of them. Uh, maybe they'll come back and be like, hey, I never said that to you. But, I mean, this, this is what I've gotten out of learning from them. Mm-hmm. You know, from Neil. Neil's a composer, conductor. You know, he, he told me, he's like, in your mouth ahead of so many singers out there because they don't care about the accompanist. You care. You care about people. Mm-hmm. And if you don't care about people and you're an artist, then you better have a rich family to be able to to front that money to get your album made. And hey, that happens. Absolutely. <laughs> it happens, man. Yeah. And hey, if you can do it that way, sure. You know? Um, but in my opinion, you're only going to fail as a human being if you don't respect the fact that you're here for the experience, for our experience. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a certain part of enlightenment that other musicians, actors will never have because they will never know how to just breathe in and, and capture that moment with the surroundings and, and be able to share this godly truth that you're about to share with everybody. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, and you know, with theater acting, film acting, and, and directing, all that stuff that comes from studying, a lot of it meditating, and with singing and performing, it, it comes from the discipline of, of knowing how to use your tool, whether it's a guitar, piano, voice, you know, it's just like fighting, you know, martial arts is a discipline, just like singing and dancing and acting, it's a discipline, it's, it's an everyday kind of experience that you, that you need to practice with this tool, how to use it. And if you don't, then then um, you 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 won't be able to clearly convey what you have to convey for the experience that the community is is is, is um, granting you mm-hmm. make. <laughs> I think that makes sense. That no, that that really makes a lot of sense. I'm really good with words if you haven't noticed. Uh, that's why I'm a songwriter. Um, well, thank you, Aiden, so much for coming on to the show. This has honestly been eye-opening and a fantastic learning experience for myself and I hope for people who are listening to the show. I do have to wrap it up, though, because um, we are okay. coming close to the end, the end of the hour. Um, really quickly, if you want to tell everyone where people can follow you on social media so when you actually do release this musical, people will know when, where to go and listen to it and people can further listen to your music. Uh, Facebook. Follow Aiden Ritchie, um, uh, actor, director, and Aiden and the Ultimates on Facebook. Um, as well, as if you go- if you just Google my name, um, I'm the most popular Aiden Ritchie in the world right now. Oh, congratulations! So. <laughs> so anything that happens, you know, just Google it and it'll pop up. Um, Perfect. So that's that's the easiest way to to, to find me. Great.
Great. Awesome. And I will also include links to all your social media on the blog post, which will be released this Friday on winnipegmusicproject.com. You'll be able to listen to the radio or the, this podcast, if you missed the first half, on umfm.com and also on Google Play. Um, this has been the Winnipeg Music Project um, on 101.5. I'm Ashley Binyan. This is Aiden Ritchie. We're going to finish the show with the song Till I Met Your Mother. You want to really quickly just uh, tell me what it's about? This is, this is you know, when I was talking about teddy bears and grizzly bears, mm-hmm. this is more like the grizzly bear song. Okay. Um, and this is a song that uh, is is more prairie, raw, rock and roll kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. and I got the, the ultimate, Neil Weidenzel is one of the members in that band. He's backing it, playing drums. And if you love B3 Hammond, there's some sweet organs in the song. Um, and... Uh, I hope you enjoy, and it's a story just to listen to and group to. Perfect. Okay, let's finish with a bang. Thank you so much, and here is Till I Met Your Mother. Let
get your Starbucks fix at IQ's on the third floor of University Center. Kill some time with our 12 pool tables, the cheapest in the city, or watch sports and movies on our big screen TV. Come see what's brewing this week for our weekly drink special and get something delicious for cheap. IQ's Cafe and Billiards. We're open till 2 a.m. every night for your late night munchies and caffeination on campus. 